you know the news. You know what happened in, in Santa Fe just a couple hours from here, and it's just so tragic. And so this morning, I, I felt like God wanted us just as a congregation just to pray for those hurting, hurting people. So would you join me as we pray? Lord, we, we don't know how to pray in times like this when such horrible tragedy happens. We're just wordless. But we know you're still God, and you're still the best friend anybody could ever have. So, God, we ask you just by your loving presence, Lord, would you just wrap all those grieving families and friends up? And would you just bring the comfort only you can bring? Bring the comfort only you can bring. Lord, we're reminded when these things happen that life is fragile. This could be my last day. I don't know what's going to happen. So, Lord, in that mindset of life is fragile and sometimes shorter than we think, help us to just rededicate ourselves to you and your glory and your purposes in you. Father, I pray for uh, churches in that community that are hurting as well. We pray that you just bring comfort to those churches. And that, Lord, this horrible thing, Lord, you say you use even the most horrible thing for something good. So, God, we pray that a lot of good would come somehow, some way, as only you can make it happen through this terrible situation. Lord, we pray for healthy grieving, that folks can just process grieving and come to an end of it and be able to go on. Bless those folks, Lord, as only you can now in this time of pain. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for praying with me. We're going to continue with our series, Chains, now, and our band's going to lead us in our song. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies, if you're trying to fill the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain.
So in this series, we've been talking about the fact that we have hindrances in our life that can hold us back just like we had a ball and chain attached to our ankle and it's slowing us down in life and, and dragging us down. And so we've been using that metaphor of chains and being in prison, being in a dungeon each week and, and talking about the fact that God wants us free. From the Bible, we can read that it was for freedom that he came to set us free. He wants us to be free of all hindrances. We have a theme scripture I want to share with you this morning from the book of Psalms. This is our scripture we mention every Sunday. He led them from the darkness and deepest gloom. He snapped their chains. God doesn't want to just loosen your chains. He wants to snap them off so you can walk freer than you've ever been before. So our, our premise is this, that God wants us to aggressively deal with anything that has a chain on us. Sometimes people give up and just say, oh, well, it's just the way I am. I get in that situation and lose my temper every time or this or that or the other. They've given up on getting free. And in this series, we're trying to get us all to get our arms around this important principle that God wants us to address, to aggressively deal with anything that has a chain on us. Today's chain is insecurity. We're going to talk about insecurity. A few years back, almost 20 as a matter of fact, we hadn't been in Bay City very long, and my air conditioning needed replacing in my house. And so I got to looking around, talking to people, and I found an installer who had installed it for a real good price, and he said, Ed, I'll save you a little money. Uh, you can go to the wholesale warehouse place in Houston where I get air conditioning and stuff, and you can buy it direct and save on the markup. And I said, great, that sounds super. So at the time, I didn't have a pickup, but I had a friend who did. And so uh, we went to Houston, and when they loaded it up, this sucker was amazingly heavy. I mean, I couldn't believe. The box was about this tall, but it was super heavy. So we threw it in the back of the truck. And my friend looked at me and said, Dad, I don't think we need to tie that down. I said, I don't either. That thing's really heavy. Yeah, you're laughing already, aren't you? So we come home from Houston and about, oh, I don't know, 15, 20 miles away from home. I happened to look back and I said, brother, where is my air conditioner? <laughs> and of course, we whip it around and we fly back to Houston just thinking, oh, Lord, let it still be there. Well, somebody got a free air conditioner that day. Somebody else bought two. <laughs> well, needless to say, for a good while after that, any time I went anywhere hauling anything, it got tied down. It got taped down. It got bungee down. I'm telling you, I made sure it wouldn't go anywhere because I was insecure about hauling stuff and, and dragging stuff somewhere. Well, a little more recently, a few years ago, uh, if you're a guest here, I'm one of two lead pastors. My uh, partner is Chad Ham uh, Hammonds, and he's off today. Well, Chad and I decided, let's get a travel trailer, and we'll share it, and that way our families, we can go have camping fun. So we're like, cool. So we went to Houston and uh, found a trailer, and we bought it, and man, they took good care of us. It had the heavy-duty hitch and the stabilizer bars and all this stuff, and they took like an hour just explaining, making sure we understood everything about it, so we're like, we're good. So we take off down the highway, and we, we pull off at uh, Bucky's in Wharton because don't tell anybody, but Chad has an addiction to Bucky's. It's, it's a little weird. I mean, he cannot pass a Bucky's. Anytime we go anywhere, I'm like, okay, which Bucky's we stopping at? So we stopped at Bucky's in Wharton, and I got out, and I walked up to the trailer, and I got to looking at it, and then my stomach just fell. I went, Chad, come here. And here's what happened. 
you got your trailer hitch attached to your truck, right? And then you put the receiver, or that's the receiver, you put the hitch into it, right? And there's a hole, and you put the big pin there through the hole, and you put a little cotter pin in that tidy hole to hold that pin in, right? And so I'm looking, I said, Chad, you forgot to put the cotter pin in the big pin. We've been driving from Houston, and that thing could have just slipped out, and there goes our new trailer. So that kind of reestablished all my insecurity again. <laughs> and so for the next few years, when uh, I would use that trailer, we'd go like 30 miles. Honey, I got to stop and go check it. Man, I'd check every connection. I'd drive another hour or two. Honey, I got to stop and check it again. I mean, I just knew something was going to happen to pull that cotter pin out, and I'd lose the trailer. Well, you can probably relate about being insecure in something in your life, and unfortunately, insecurity can be so strong, it can cripple people. It can hold them back from wonderful things God has for them. Uh, are you insecure? Are you so insecure? If I asked you to raise your hand, you wouldn't be sure if you could raise your hand. Well, maybe you can relate a little bit today. Let me define insecurity for us. Insecurity is a lack of confidence. It's a Condition of not being stable, not being well-adjusted, not being able to lean forward because there's an insecurity holding you back. So here's some traits of those who are insecure. So you might be insecure if you're constantly tormented by what you think other people think about you. You might be insecure if you just worry a lot about what other people think about you. Some evidences of this is any little correction, somebody might correct you a little bit or say, you know, that's really not the best to do this. You, you, you take it personal. You think of people sometimes in terms of, okay, if they do me right, I'll do them right. You know, they're making me secure. But if not, we're going to have a problem. Do you, do you just sometimes spin these stories in your mind, these narratives about what other people are saying about you? So you, you could be insecure. Number two, you might be insecure if you are quick to think and accept negative thoughts about yourself. Is your default always, oh, it's my fault, it's my fault, sorry, sorry, sorry. You know, I'm around some people and I'll say, please, time out on the sorry's already. It's okay. You don't have to apologize all the time. Well, that's, that's kind of an indication of insecurity. Uh, number three, you are defensive and you can't have healthy disagreements with people. You can't have a healthy disagreement without feeling like you're threatened. Or if you end up being wrong, it's a horrible thing. Uh, you might be insecure if right now you're arguing this point in your head with me. You know, like, no, 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 I, I could have disagreements. Number four, you might be insecure if you consciously or subconsciously believe you must promote yourself. Or you'll be overlooked by others. When people are insecure like this, they're sometimes not good conversationalists because somebody's talking to them, but they're just thinking, what am I going to say? I've got to say something. Oh, I'll say this, and they just interrupt because they have an insecurity that they're going to need to say something really good in this conversation, right? It, it's a common thing, and then you, you feel like you got to promote yourself. It, it's almost like uh, a person who's insecure like this and feels like they have to always promote themselves and look good in every conversation. And it's almost like they think God's just over there twiddling his thumbs and he's not caring about them at all, so they got to pump themselves up. Well, God knew that we would deal with this, and fortunately, we have some good help in the Bible. So let's look at insecurity. First, let's look at the root causes of why we can be insecure, okay? The first one is one simple Terrible word, fear. Fear. 
all know what that means. And today I want you to think in terms of that's the root of being insecure. I'm afraid of failing, so I don't try. I'm afraid of what others will say, so I don't say anything. I'm afraid of what others will think. I'm afraid of having a conversation where we might disagree. The, the root of it is fear that makes us insecure. But God says we're just the opposite of being fearful people. Look at what he says about us in this book in the New Testament entitled Second Timothy. He wrote, uh, Paul wrote two letters to Timothy, a young pastor. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. God doesn't want anyone to be held back by fear and insecurity. And as a matter of fact, he's saying, you got just the opposite. If you got me, you have my power, my presence in your life. You have a sense of my love for you. I'm going to take care of you. You don't have to be insecure. And your mind can be clear. You can have sound judgment. You can be wise and live well if you're free of fear. And you don't let a spirit of fear try to control you. Of course, there's healthy fear. A healthy fear would be something like uh, being careful around poisonous snakes. You know, someone said the other day uh, to me, they saw a snake and it had like black and red. And I'm like, you know, I always forget the little thing. You know, red on yellow, hurt a fellow, red on black, venom black. I, I think that's right, but I'm not going to risk it. <laughs> you know, I'm, if I see anything that looks like a coral snake, I'm just going to walk away. On the other hand... I'm not going to scream and fret and fall on the ground and cry and run away and tell everybody the end of the world has come. That's unhealthy fear, obviously. Ladies, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I just got to tease y'all a little bit. I don't get why women are so afraid of mice. I mean, little bitty guys can just drive them crazy. Now, rats I get. You know, rats are kind of big and scary, but that just, I always think that's kind of funny. There was a, my, a, a mice. There was a mouse in my wife's uh, school. And oh, the picture I had in my mind was all these teachers. Oh, my gosh, it could have been crazy. All right, that's the first root of insecurity, fear. The second is misplaced trust. Misplaced trust. This is when I trust anything else besides God. Maybe I'm trusting in me and my ability, and I'm like, I think I can. Oh, gosh, I'm not sure I can do this. I'm, uh, and so I'm trusting in myself or I'm putting all my trust in other people and just, man, I hope they come through for me. I hope, I hope they do it. And, and because I know people are human, that's a dangerous place because they may not come through. When we misplace our trust, we're insecure. We don't have a sense that I'm trusting in God and it's all going to be all right. Okay? Here's a couple verses from the book of Proverbs about trust. It is dangerous to be concerned with what others think of you. So we've already talked about that, being paranoid about others' opinions, right? Well, we're seeing that very clearly in this proverb. It's dangerous to be concerned with what others think of you, but if you trust the Lord, you're safe. doesn't mean life's perfect, but it means if you're trusting God, no matter what happens, you're going to be okay. God's going to see you through. It's, it's going to be all right. If I'm putting my trust in the Lord and not being paranoid about what other people might think. Here's another verse, kind of similar, a little different twist. The fear of human opinion disables. We said earlier that uh, this chain can just hold you back, and here I'm seeing insecurity. I'm like, oh, I, I really, I, I think I should do this, and I, I got a sense God wants me to, but 
No, I just can't. Well, I mean, if I fail, they'll, they'll think I'm an idiot. I'm not, I can't do it. The fear of human opinion can disable us. But here's the contrast. Trusting in God protects you from that. If I'm trusting in God constantly, that's my mindset. That's where I live most of the time, that I'm not disabled by worrying about others' opinions. Doesn't mean I don't care about opinions, and that's not, doesn't have a healthy balance, but I'm not controlled. Let me repeat that. It's okay to care about others' opinions, but not to be controlled by others' opinions. Okay, so we've defined it and talked a little bit about it. Uh, before we talk about how to fix it, I want us to watch a video to kind of get a visual perspective on how we can deal with fear and insecurity. The world has a lot of fears, and they all have names. The fear of wide open spaces is called agoraphobia. The fear of spiders, arachnophobia. The fear of needles, can you roll up your sleeve for me? Is known as trypanophobia. Okay, okay, okay. Just, 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 just. And the fear of heights. Acrophobia. If you're afraid of the dark, you've got nyctophobia. Fear of long words is hippopotomonstrosis quipideliophobia. Why would they call it that? And fear of being trapped in a confined space with no escape, claustrophobia. Most fears are bad, but there's one kind of fear that's good. The fear of God, realizing that he's powerful, he's in charge, and he loves you perfectly. When we understand this perfect love, it has a way of making us all not so afraid. So when it comes to fear, we have a choice. Fear God. or fear everything else, which, by the way, is called panophobia. I got to say, I was impressed with the gal handling the spider. I mean, that was, that was pretty cool. Well, the, uh, the video does a really great job of contrasting fears we can have with fearing God. And so we want to talk about fearing God and, and what that means. Let me define it a little bit for us. To fear God means that I have a reverent, worshipful respect for God. It doesn't mean I'm like, oh, no, you're going to hurt me like a dog that's been beat and it's always cowering down. It's not that cowering kind of fear, but it's a very healthy, reverent, holy respect for a God who just, with a snap of his finger, the whole universe would disappear. I mean, if you really believe God is big and in charge, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it, to have a very healthy, reverent respect for him. So... Here's the first thing we can do to get free of insecurity and fear. First, ask God to develop in us a healthy fear of him and set us free from an unhealthy fear of people, and you could add, or anything else, just unhealthy fear of anything. God, I want to fear you. I want to honor you. I want to revere you. I want to always live respectfully towards you. You know, we, we live our lives in a sense, to serve those who we fear. And, and again, I'm talking about healthy. You may have a boss 
And when you work, you work to be sure that you're doing what the boss wants. You have a healthy respect for his authority. can make your life really miserable or even say goodbye and you're no longer on that job. And there's nothing unhealthy about being concerned to do your job well and do what the boss tells you. Obviously, that could be an extreme and you're paranoid and all that, but we're talking about healthy fear, okay? And so we serve and we want to please those where we have a healthy fear, and the perfect place to do that is to have that healthy fear of God, where, God, it's always you first. I serve you first. Your will is first. How can I obey you today? Here's a couple verses that help us with this idea of developing a healthy fear of God. From Psalm 56, I trust God, so I am not afraid of what people can do to me. There it is, trust contrasted with fear. Psalm 118, 6 reads like this. The Lord is on my side. I am not afraid. What can people do to me? I love that. You, you see that? God's on my side, the maker of the universe, the one who cares for me, who sent his son to die for me, the one I respect and worship and serve. He's got my back. Why could I even be bothered about what people could do to hurt me? And then from the New Testament book of Hebrews, chapter 13, God has said, I will never leave you or let you be alone. So we can say for sure, the Lord is my helper. I am not afraid of anything man can do for me. Here's a, a real indicator of a person who's free from the fear of man, overly concerned about others' opinions. Here's an indicator of what that looks like. They get a compliment. Man, great job. Good job. You did good. And they just like swell up. And the rest of the day, they're just so happy. And yet, all of their happiness is just because they got a pat on the back at work. Whereas a, a person who has a healthy fear of God, I may not have made that real clear, but with a healthy fear of God, you get a compliment. Well, thanks a lot. I appreciate that. And you just go on because you don't live for the compliments of people. You appreciate them, but you don't live for them. Now, you can flip it around. A person who has a healthy fear of God and not people, someone comes up and criticizes you. Hey, man, that wasn't real smart. You need to fix that, do this instead, blah, blah, blah. Well, if you have a healthy fear of God, you can say, you know what? I, I, I see what you talk about. I'll look at that. I'll work on it. Thanks for the input. You're dealing with their criticism in a constructive way rather than going, oh, man, that guy criticized me. And the rest of your day, you're depressed and down. But with a healthy fear of God, you can listen to people but not be controlled by their words or actions. So our first step was ask God to help us develop a healthy fear of him and free us from an unhealthy fear of people and everything else. Now let's look at one more thing. Ask God to help you trust him first and always. And we have the idea here of first because sometimes we don't go to God first, do we? We try to fix a problem or deal with it, and after a while we're like, oh, man, Lord, maybe you could help. <laughs> and being so gracious and loving, he'll like, okay, sure, you just maybe should have asked me a little earlier. It would have been better. Well, we're asking God to help me trust him first, to look to him first. You see how that goes hand in hand with this healthy uh, fear of God, healthy respect of God. You're looking to God first in all your situations to trust him first and always. So often we'll believe lies that we have to hold it all together. You know what? You don't have to hold it all together. And we may as all, all admit that 
We can't hold it all together, can we? So it's like, I may as well admit I can't. God, I'm trusting in you. I'm trusting in you. Earlier in Psalm 56, we saw I trust in God, so I'm not afraid. Just that strong, simple, simple contrast. Now, today we were going to do something different. I don't, Chad and I were thinking when we were working on the message, I don't think we've ever done anything quite like this. And uh, it was neat that Anna, in her praying during our worship, she said something like this. She said, God, help us to know, remember who we are, that we're loved by you and that you've made us acceptable because of Jesus. And she mentioned that. I thought, oh, that's great because that's where we're going to go. Look at what I have here. This is a passage of Scripture from the New Testament book of Ephesians. The Apostle Paul wrote this to folks in a region of, uh, of uh, the Mediterranean world called Ephesus. And in this letter, he's wanting them to get, hey, you should be able to trust God because to him, you are really, really special. And so you'll notice that we have blanks in here. Even before he made the world, God loved. And what we're going to do is we're going to stand in a second and we're going to read this out loud. And when you get to a blank, you're going to put in your name. So for me, it'll be even before he made the world, God loved Ed and chose Ed in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Now let that hit you a second. Wait a minute. Before God made the world, he had you in mind and he chose you and he was going to make you holy and faultless because of, the, uh, because of Jesus forgiving your sins. You? Me? Yeah, if we get a hold of what God says about us, it can sure set us free from insecurity and help us really put him first and trust in him first. So we're going to give it a shot, okay? So when we come to these blanks, say your name out loud, and we'll read through this passage, okay? Y'all stand. Let's give it a shot. And I'm not normally this way. I know you know I'm a really soft-spoken, gentle guy, but I'll be really strong. So you're not going to stick out, I promise. Here we go. Even before he made the world, God loved Ed and chose Ed in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt Ed into his own family by bringing Ed to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Pause there. Go back to that slide, please. Thank you. God brought us into his family by bringing Ed and all of y'all to himself, he wanted you and his family. You can be secure. You're in the family of Almighty God. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. He was happy to adopt you. All right, let's go on. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on Ed, who belongs to his dear son. God's poured out grace on me, and I belong to his dear son. This just gets better and better. Go on. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased Ed's freedom with the blood of his son and forgave Ed's sins. It just gets better and better. He loved me so much and you so much that he bought our freedom with the blood of Jesus. We, I mentioned that verse earlier, that God wants us free from everything. It was for freedom. He set us free. All right, let's start with he has. He has showered his kindness on Ed along with all wisdom and understanding. You're like, I don't feel like I have all wisdom and understanding. But it's not about how you feel. It's about what he said because he loves you so much. So, folks, God wants us free from fear and insecurity. And I'm believing God that he's going to do some things that we're going to get free. Let's pray.
Lord, I thank you so much for what we just read, that it's really about you and not me. You're the one who took all the initiative. You're the one who reached down and drew me to yourself. You're the one who sent your son to die for my sin. You're the one who chose me before you made the world. You had my name in your heart and every person in here too. So God, this week, would you help us Help us to walk and live our life free from fear and insecurity. God, help us fear you and help us trust you in every situation. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.